Welcome to the CoLab, the only podcast for business owners who are committed to growth through the power of collaboration and teamwork. Get ready to put your heads together to boost your business to the next level with your hosts, the ultimate team players, Megan Marsh and Andre Munar. So today we are going to be talking about how marketing is often overlooked by small businesses. And we've said that before, and it doesn't matter what business that you own or what you sell, but if no one knows about what you do, your success will be stipend as a business. We are going to be bringing in one of our most valuable team members, this person who we hired to head our marketing department. And in all honesty, his position and the experience that he brought to the table helped change our business from what it was back four years ago to what it is today. Uh, It also took a few years for us to get this part right. Both Andre and I were working separately at trying to market our business the right way. And we hired some of the wrong people that we had to let go of. We thought we had to do things that weren't maybe the best use of our time. So we thought instead of just hearing it from us and us talking about you know, the team members and what they do, that it would be great for all of you listening to hear from one of our team members and hear their point of view and perspective so that they can share you know, what we were doing wrong before he joined us, how we built up our marketing systems, what we focused on first, what we're still working on. And then you know, throughout the episode and at the end, We're going to give you some actionable tips that will help you start taking steps to begin marketing your business. So specifically, we'll be discussing what you can um, start with if you haven't done any marketing yet, where you can get help with this, what the baby steps are, next steps, what tools to try, when to know if you're ready. So let's jump into the episode and please welcome our head of marketing for Keystone Alliance Mortgage and the CoLab, Eric Varner. Eric, you there? I am here. Hi, Eric. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us today. So really wanted the audience to know a little bit more about you. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your history and what did your career path look like before joining Keystone Alliance Mortgage? Yeah. So, so, I mean, my story... I don't know if I took the the typical path to get into this decision, but maybe I did. You know, so I mean, in short, you know, initially coming out of school... I won't give the date because it's quite a while ago, but you know, I spent my first few years in sales, um, doing everything from from selling tires to selling women's shoes. Ooh, yeah, yeah. So I learned a lot about stuff that I never thought I would learn a lot about, you know. But but you know, in those years that I did for about six or seven years, I was uh, you know really learning how... I mean, it was a good experience because I, I definitely learned how to speak to customers. I learned how to sell a product. I learned how to learn, you know, remember all sorts of product information. I mean, even with shoes, there's a ton of stuff. But even with tires and automotive parts, um, you know, there was just so much to learn. And, and initially, you know, honestly, I wasn't very good at it. But what it taught me was after you learn these things and you gain knowledge and how you speak to people and your target audience, your customers... The way you say things and how confident you are in how you say them makes a huge difference, and you know, and that's kind of where you know my sales turned around. You know, unfortunately, sales just it wasn't a passion of mine. Um, it was good for making money, which was nice, 
but you know, I, I went out to do other things, and and so I then you know took some some time off. I won't say time off, but um, I, I left and I, and I went to get reeducated. And I thought like web development and graphic design was was the way to go. I mean, at the time, media, especially the internet, was was starting to explode. It hadn't really become a thing yet, but I knew that I needed to be involved in it in some way, shape, and form. Um, in, in that you know during that time, I also tried entrepreneurship for a short while. Oh, you mm. did, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I, I did. And it was tough. It was tough. A partner and I, I don't know if you remember these things, but back in the day, they were, um, they, they still have them, but maybe not to the screen, but it was a like an eBay store, basically, an eBay shop. But basically, what we did is went out and went through people's junk, no lie, tried to find valuable stuff, and we would try to sell it on eBay. And that was kind of my first foray into to learning how to do a little bit of marketing. Um, again, you know, the internet was still fresh; it was still new. And my business partner and I, um, you know, did the traditional stuff. You know, make the business cards. We designed a logo. That's where I even built my first website. I mean, it wasn't very nice; it wasn't very good, but we got it up there. We got a few phone calls, and we started getting some jobs. But I mean, it was short lived. It just wasn't enough money. I was working two jobs at the same time, and it was it was a struggle. But you know, during that time as well, you know, I educated myself on the graphic design and web, as I had mentioned, and ended up moving up here to Erie, and that's where I kind of really, really, really got into marketing. As I worked for a outsourced marketing company, which you know, we might touch on later, um, that's where I learned how to do everything. It became a jack of all trades. And what what does an outsourced marketing company do? Well, an outsourced marketing company basically acts as a marketing uh, you know another company's marketing department okay and you know it, it, you'd be surprised i mean small clients you know from just small businesses small startups maybe only making a, maybe a million dollars a year in revenue all the way up to you know, we had a, a few clients that were making you know 500 million dollars in revenue wow. um, but they all needed marketing help and that is where you know i really got into managing their email campaigns uh Developing content, managing their websites, um, social media was really starting to explode. So that's kind of where I got my my foothold in marketing, and kind of brought me to where I am at today. So it sounds like you have a little bit of sales experience, Eric, and a little bit of marketing experience uh, before coming to Keystone. What made you want to apply to take the job at Keystone um, and take the job at Keystone, especially going through our mousetrap hiring process? <laughs> Yeah, that was that was interesting. We still we still talk about it today because you guys still use it. Um, yeah, it was it was interesting. I mean, appealing to me is I was at the time when I was learning, you know, marketing for other companies. I was doing it for five, six, seven, eight, nine clients at a time. I mean, it was it was just a boatload of marketing. You know, I don't even I can't even say it was such a conglomerate of just <laughs> everything involved in marketing. And there's so much to it, but I really wanted to focus on taking all those techniques and all those strategies and all the skills and everything I had learned and just to applying it to to one one company right and so you know I don't remember exactly you know the ad that was out there <laughs> um, that, that you guys had, had, had posted at the time um, but I knew that at the time that it was you guys were looking for some marketing help um, you had listed a few things that you needed assistance with and I had definitely had the expertise and the the experience in those things and so so I applied and you know for those of the those out there, I know we mentioned the uh, the mousetrap. Which, by the way, listeners, you can go back to the episode to listen to how the mousetrap works and Eric passed with flying colors. 
Right, right. And, and so, it, you know, without going into detail about it, I, I followed the steps, I did what was asked, and it was different than what I was typically, you know, used to with just uh, applying to, to jobs. Most is just, you know, click a button and, you know, hope you get a, a phone call back. But this, you know, was a series of, of steps and requirements and I followed them and you guys followed right back up and we made our way through the process and you now here I am today. And, you know, I have one little question to add to that because I remember, Eric, when we interviewed you, uh, Andre at the time was in the middle of the state. And you came in to interview and I remember like literally finding out too, you had told us that you were interviewing with us and then another company locally that was bigger than us. And, you know, it was a, I think it was a law firm or something. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I remember calling Andre and being like, oh my gosh, we have to have him. He's so great. Like, <laughs> I don't think we can afford him. Like, I don't know what to do because, right? Like what what made you decide like Keystone was a better option than that bigger accounting firm, let's say? Well, like, I mean, uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, honestly, it, it was it was kind of with my, my previous job before, you know, before I was here, that marketing place. It, when I joined there, it was a small two-person shop. You know, when I left... Uh, it was probably nine or ten people. So we we had done some growing. I got to play, you know, an, an integral part in making decisions and you know helping the owners of the company hire people, um, you know, managing their largest accounts and really getting my hands wet and sort of kind of like running and operating and working with people and, and growing a business is, is what it came. It's like being a part of something that wasn't just, hey, we hired you to sit at this desk, pound out this stuff, and you know. Go home. There, there really wasn't any reward other than like you know the paycheck, mm-hmm. um, which you know at that point in time w- was nice. I mean, it, they. But you know, I, I just I just always want to be part of something bigger, you know. And, and you guys can absolutely understand that is just being part of something bigger, taking something that was small, and you know, and hopefully in like five, ten, fifteen, twenty years, you know, see something that's that's grown and changed mm. is just. You know, it's just, I don't know, it's just in the back of my head, it's been always something I've always kind of like dreamt of. Now, doing it on my own, that's a whole nother, <laughs> would have been a whole nother story. The, like I said, the entrepreneur thing shift didn't work out. But, you know, aligning myself with, with you guys, you guys had a vision, you guys had goals, you guys had, you know, knew where you wanted to go. And we've, we've gradually been working towards that. And I, and I think now when I started in this office, there was maybe five people. Andre, you had three. And maybe there's eight people total, I think. And we're at what? 24, 25? It, it's, it's still growing. So I mean, it's that part of my vision or dream is, is, is being fulfilled. No. And the reason I asked that, and I just wanted people to hear you say that because for any of you listening, it's so important. And it's kind of off topic a little bit, but it's what we talk about in a lot of the episodes when we talk about bringing a team on and hiring and no matter what position it's in, I think it's so important that us as business owners, no matter what stage you're starting at, that's why taking the time in the beginning to do those vision, the mission, the values, making sure people are aligned because everybody wants to be part of something bigger. And we can't do it without each other. So thank you for sharing that. Oh, no problem. Yeah, that's a great point, Meg. And Eric, you're you started talking about goals there. Um, I know that when you first joined us, we had some goals and we had some very specific goals and some of those included, we wanted to have a digital presence and online leads. But marketing is such a broad topic and sometimes business owners or solo entrepreneurs can get caught up in where do I start with marketing or what is marketing? You know, Do I start with social media? Do I start with blogs? Do I make YouTube videos, TikTok, Snapchat? There's just so many things uh, now in days. What... Uh, where do you suggest that maybe a business starts their marketing journey? 
um, just because there's so much out there, you know. Right. No, and, and there is. And you just, you just named off a, a whole bunch of different, like just at this point, it's just small pieces of like a larger marketing strategy, mm-hmm. right? It could be overwhelming. Um, if you if you if you if you're just getting into it, or you're you're by yourself, or you have a very small team, you know, thinking about marketing is is probably in the back of your head, right? But you're just probably thinking you just can't get to it. So where where to start, right? It's just it's just where to go. You know, in my opinion, the first place that you should start is with with a website. You need to have a website, and I know that that may sound a little cliche. People have been saying that you know for years. Yeah, I have a website, and and people do have websites, but you can't just have a website because mm-hmm. you know maybe fifteen years ago you had a website. Twenty years ago you might have had a very basic website, and people would refer to it as your your business card, right? Your online yeah. business card, and and that's what it was at the time because that's all it could do, right? Yeah. Nowadays, yeah, I mean, nowadays websites are so much more of that. And you have to really start thinking of it as, you know, I kind of think of it as it's it's almost kind of like an employee. It's like a sales rep. <laughs> it's not just your business yeah. card, right? Yeah, it, it's a, it's a sales rep, and and it's the first, you know, it, it's it's the first thing people see these days. I mean, just think of your own actions. Even the listeners out there, think of your own actions every time you see an ad for a new a new company or someone mentions a new company or refers them to you. What's the first thing you do? Google it. Yeah. Go right to the website. Right. You go right to the website. That's the first thing you do. And so, you know, Megan, I know you love statistics, so I, I found a couple. <laughs> yeah, that's so, so, so yeah, I know, I know. So I have a couple for you. But you know, like I said, the first focus, and this is so important, is is your website and how it looks and how it's designed. Because you know, ninety four percent of customers judge a company based on its website appearance alone. I would believe that. That can be the deciding factor with whether or not they're going to learn more about you or even do business with you. Wow. I mean, that, that's a huge number. That is a huge that's, number. That's a huge number. And when, when you're talking about 94%, you know, judge you based on your website. So should there be a main focus of your website? Should you have a goal for your website? Or should you just throw it up there and just kind of hope it sticks? Right. Like it, it's the design. I mean, you just can't throw something up there and sticks. I mean, ultimately, the first thing you want to do is you want to design a you know, an aesthetically pleasing website. And, you know, you'll, you know, if you don't have any experience with that, you know, you'll probably have to go find a, you know, a web designer, a web developer, and we can talk a little bit more, more about that later. But you want to have a, a, an appealing, appealing website because they're going to make up their mind. Once that page loads, they're going to make up their mind whether or not they're sticking around to learn more in the first few seconds. Yeah. I mean, that's all, that's, that's all you've got. Um, and so when you're when you're doing that, you do want to have a larger goal. I mean, that that's the main goal. That's the first goal. The second goal when you do this is you want your website to do something for you. Like I said, think of it as an employee. You want it to do something for you because it's mm. going to be working for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week when yeah. you guys are, aren't aren't really thinking about it. You want to be making money in your sleep. Let it work for you, right? Well, right. Or you at least want to be building relationships. You know, building trust with clients, potential customers. Um, you want all that. You want them to get the feel goods. Andre, I'm sure you've got some. The, the feels is that how you say it? All the feels, right? You want them to get all the feels about you, so that they're interested in in, in learning more. Um, and and so, like I said, you want you want the the goal. For, you want the website to do something. You want you want to you know represent you well. And then after that, you want them to learn more about you. You want to get leads from them. And so, what I mean by that is, you want to produce content which you know, you guys do a lot of, we do a lot of, and if you're out there and you're thinking about it, like, what do you mean produce, you know, get leads from your website? 
is you want to make sure you have good, strong calls to action. Do you want to offer things to people that they want enough that they'll at least give you some information, right? Yeah. Which is a hard thing, which is a hard thing because I feel like, you know, even before, but especially now, everyone's going to the website and they're doing it before they reach out. That like, they're they're not calling first. They're looking first, Mm -hmm. evaluating, then deciding. Right. And, And I can use our own own website, for example. I mean, when we, you know, when I first joined, you guys did have a website and I think, you know, you had, you had mentioned like we might be getting one or two online leads per month and it was coming through, I think, an old Calix Point, yeah. you know, complete application form, yeah. right? Um, you know, one of my first jobs, actually the very first thing that I did was start throwing up there all sorts of calls to actions, buttons, things for people to interact with, you know, and the one thing that we know that our customers want to do is find out if they can get pre-approved. And so we started using a system called Lead Pops, which is basically a, a gamified online form that asks a series of questions that leads people down a path to collecting their their email information and their, their phone number, you know, and their name. And, you know, I don't remember what episode it was, but it was an Andrew Pollock, right? So yeah, well, it was one of our first episodes. Yeah, yeah, you can learn more about that. You know, they can go back and listen to that episode. Maybe we'll post it in the link or something of this podcast when it gets gets shared and posted. But you want to be able, you want to, you want to be able to generate some business or start building some relationships. I mean, you come in a Monday morning, we, you know, and you've got 15, 20, 30 potential customers there. I mean, your website was working for you yeah. over the weekend. Yeah. Right. After, uh, Eric, after your website is set up and you know, you came in and you, you did some of those things for us. Um, what are some ways that you say you could start taking advantage of it? Right. So, I mean, that's, I think of your website as a, as a hub, right? That that's the very first. That's why I say start there when it comes to marketing because it, it's where you really want to drive people to. Okay, you want so people. When you to, say hub. What do you mean? Right. By so hub. Think of it like a like a wheel, like a, a bike wheel with spokes. You've got the hub in the middle, and it holds the rest of the pieces together. And that's all, everything else that Andre that you mentioned. Maybe it's TikTok. Maybe it's Facebook. Maybe it's your email mm-hmm. marketing. Maybe it's your YouTube channel. Um, you know, maybe it, it's it's your blog. And, and today, most blogs are, you know, I wish I shouldn't say most of them. But a lot of them are are built into the website. But you know, if you don't have that kind of a website, you know, there's other places like Blogger, you know, dot com, places you can create a blog. But at the end of the day, what you want to do is you want to set, you know, send people back, you know, to your website. It, it's if everything ties together, it creates a stronger online presence for you. But you need you need a base. You need a hub. And that's that's what I think of the website as is for most businesses is it's your hub. It's where everything gets started. It's what everything revolves around. I like that. And Eric, just to clarify, because I know this is probably new to some people listening, and I really liked your analogy of the wheel. You know, before we move on from the whole hub part, can you maybe share like what would some of the spokes then be in the wheel that? You know, if that if if people's website that's one of their main first focuses, what are the spokes then? Right. So yeah, you know, the spokes are going to be anything that's you know external that you're doing outside of the website, mostly outside of the website. I mean, like I said, it's like we just mentioned, like kind of the blogs, social media. So I mean, you may have a Twitter account, a, a Facebook page, you know, Instagram. Uh, you know, kids these days are using TikTok. You know, maybe maybe that's where your audience is at, but that's where you can go and find and use these these other tools online 
that you build out. And that's where you pr- produce content. And is the content the same on every or different? I mean, that's a whole other discussion. But you know, you use these other pieces of technology that are out there to, you know, find your niche audience, get them interested in you by by sharing information, providing content, videos. Um, you know, drive them back to a blog, which you could also consider that as one of the spokes to your, you know, to the hub of of, of your website. So it's really anything you know, outside of the website where you are producing content and trying to reach your your particular audience, you know, and for a lot of people, you know, beyond the website, like that's fun. People love social media. So, you know, there's a lot of things you can do there. Um, you know, you guys are, are are great about producing content and videos and, you know, maybe that's a conversation that we could have another, another day too. But, you know, Andre, you love the, uh, the Facebook stories. Mm-hmm. You're always on the Facebook stories. Um, you know, but I think that this is important, Eric, because Andre is great on social media. Mm-hmm. I create my videos. Sure. But if if we didn't have you connecting at all, right? So somebody posts, let's say, on Facebook or Instagram or wherever it is, and that's all they're doing, right? What's mm-hmm. the difference between just posting on those places and making sure it all interconnects? Right. And, and, you know, just, just because, you know, when you're thinking of the spokes of a, of a wheel, you know, typically there's a lot. You don't necessarily need to use a lot of channels. I mean, some, you know, some companies, some businesses may only use a blog and a, and a Facebook page or, you know, have a Twitter account and an Instagram account. Like you don't need to use all of those things. But, you know, when you start, once you have your website, like I said, you've got that set up. It's, it's working for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you know, bringing you some potential business. These are just extensions that are out there to, to grab, you know, more business that, you know, people are where they're trying to find you and tying it all together. Yeah, you're right. It, it's a challenge and it's, it's typically not something people can do on their own, especially if you're trying to run a business at the same time, because it can be very, very time consuming. Because one of the things that is a major factor is activity on all of these. So you, you know, if you have a website, you want to make sure that you're you're adding content to it, whether that's videos or blogs regularly. And the same goes for the social media channels. You know, the more activity you have, the more you're going to attract people, potentially your audience, potentially customers. And so it's 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 about content creation. And I believe in your series here, you're going to be, we're going to be talking to somebody later uh, about their content creation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's, it be, it's, it's a job. I mean, it, it's really a job. And I understand how some business owners think that they can't do it, um, that they just don't have time for it. They really uh, don't. Right. I, I, it, re- it really, really is. But you do have to start somewhere. And, you know, as we've been talking about today, is if you're going to start somewhere, Start with the the website because you know that is something that not necessarily that you have to do. You can find somebody to do it. Um, there are different ways that you can go about doing that. But once you get that set up, you know, then you can start expanding and thinking about other ways that you can other tools that you can use to tie into your website. And and so then, if a small business owner or someone listening wants to. They're like, well, crap. I you know I got my I have a URL, but I haven't done much. I'm not seeing any activity. And they can't afford to, let's say, hire someone full time or even you know, 20 hours a week, let's say. What what are their options for how they can hire someone to help with this? 
Yeah, I mean, there's definitely definitely a number of things you can do. Um, you know, there's there's services out there. You know, Fiverr.com, Upworks. You know, that's one way to to go. That you could probably find someone to build you a website. Um, you know, for a reason, for reasonable cost. You know, you might even check locally. Uh, Craigslist is still around. You can still find people that are advertising that just want to do contract work. You know, you can you can reach out to them and, and get quotes and and um, you know have them do it that way. There's you could also, I mean, you could go out and hire you know a, a design and programming company. Now, that's probably going to cost you a little bit more. If if cost is a concern, you might not want to go that route. Um, but those companies will will typically you know get you set up so that from the start your site. Is you know up to snuff right away. I mean, you're probably going to get a little more bang for your buck that way. Um, but the third option is you know where I where I came from, which we talked about earlier, which is the outsourced marketing company. You know, those you guys, you know, you could reach out, find some of them, and you know, a lot of them will do like monthly contracts. But you know, they're not all that outrageous. I mean, we used to work with some clients that had, uh, you know. Revenues of you know between one and two million dollars, and you know there's they they give you a menu, and sometimes it's a la carte, and you can choose what you want to do. And in this case, you know it, it's a website, so there may be a you know a couple thousand dollars up front or a few thousand, but in maintenance and keep it running. I mean, they may charge you a monthly fee of five or six hundred bucks. I mean, it's not all that expensive, but if you start thinking about it, and and Megan and Andre, you both have said talked we've talked about this before, is you have to stop thinking about marketing as just solely just an expense, right? Mm-hmm. Because there is going to be some ROI, and if you don't do correctly, these things pay for themselves. Yeah, and it takes time because you know when we brought you on, we're like we want leads, and you know we were having we did some Facebook groups, we were all over the place, and here we are, what four four or five years later, with hundreds of leads coming in, mm-hmm. you know, potential customers coming in a month, and it's not because we just have a website; it's because through your guidance, we are consistently putting that content out there and interconnecting a lot of these pieces and you know doing the SEO parts, but it's piece by piece. It takes a while for people, correct? Oh, it it, it takes a while. This sort of stuff doesn't happen overnight. Um, like I said, when I first started, it, like I said, one to two, three, maybe online leads a month were coming in, you know. Uh, it took about six, seven months. I, I can remember six, seven months, and you know, before we started getting. After I made some changes to the website, and this was, you know, like say, like a first draft of an updated website with some calls to action and and some some newer forms, um, and a little bit of SEO work. You know, I, I, we were up to maybe you know twenty or thirty leads a month, right? I mean, now it's in the heavy months. I mean, last 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 summer in heavy, we were getting between three and four hundred leads a month. Wow. You know, and, and even in the slow months, <laughs> which still, is crazy, even the slow it's months, amazing. We're still a couple hundred, yeah. And that now, and for people listening too, because it's a different way of investing that we really leaned into. Are these leads that we're getting? Are we paying a lot of money to be in front of people, or are they just finding us through what we're doing? Well, you know, to be honest, yeah, we do we do pay pay for some for some ads, but with the you know, over time, with the amount of content that we've been producing, like we we write blogs, um, we're we're active on social media. Um, you know, we have an Instagram account, we have a, a Facebook page, um, and the ads. You know, which we did start out, which kind of started help driving some of that initially. You know, just be all full transparency. I mean, we were we were spending two, three thousand dollars a month. Oh, that's right. When you came, yeah. I had signed up with a place to we're, get. 
leads. That's yeah. right. Yeah, we're paying less than less than six. I think it's about six seven hundred dollars a month now, and and we're getting that know, four times the amount that we were getting wow. previously. Yeah, I, I mean it's, it, it, but it's taken a couple years. Like it, it, it needs to build up. You have to grow your presence. You know, you have to keep. You know, the website. It's it's never done. I'm always working on the website, making changes. You know, and we also, you know, over time, we, we have hired some VAs to help out in that respect with some of the SEO, which is which has vastly helped that out as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, which by the way is the fourth option for if you need someone to build your website, look into mm-hmm. virtual assistants, and we have a we have a, a, a podcast on that, which we can also link to. I believe I can't remember. Yeah, we'll, we'll link it in the show notes for anyone yeah. listening. We do. We have um, yeah. four or five virtual assistants. So you can get someone experienced like Eric, and who is kind of like the quarterback of your marketing. And then it's taking the other pieces in with your business. You know, it's a long game. It's it's not a short game. But if you do it right, and it, it, then it clicks, right? It, it clicks and it really starts working. So... Uh, if I'm if I'm hearing you correctly, for anybody listening, start investing in your website. First place, you, you've got to start there. I mean, th- like we talked about at the beginning. On social, <laughs> you got a little bit of a break and get back and really start investing in that website. Yeah, I mean, social media is is great, but you know, people they find you, they have followers, but where are they going to get the you know true? information on your products, your services. How are you collecting that information? Your website can do all that for you. That's how you grow your database. That's how you get a mailing list. Then you can start things like doing email marketing as well. I mean, it, it all ties together. And the one place it has to tie together is, is centrally is, 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 is that website. And that's, and that's what we focused on. That was the very first thing that I focused on when I came on board you know, five years ago. And, yeah, and from there and we've grown out. We're like here for the collab, which is our second business. We're we're starting again, right? And it's so hard because we have all this traction in our business that's been around for years. So for any of you who are starting, anything you do takes patience, and it's so hard. But you just gotta you gotta stick it out and dig in. One thing I thought of Eric that I wanted to bring up for anybody listening, and I remember it was a mistake that I made, and you can tell me if I'm correct or not. when I'm saying this, you know, before you had joined us and when I was on my own, our website was through, you know, if they're going to go and find a local company, like you talked about, which I think a lot of people feel comfortable with, they can meet someone face to face. A mistake that I think we made was that the, you know, you're going to trust those people, but at the same time, you need to be your own advocate as the business owner and the first place we used used some, and I'm going to botch this so you can correct me. Like, there's different things you need when you have a website, and some of them are more common. So you'd be able to work on it. Um, you know, you have your ho- hosting. Am I saying that right? Right. Hosting. Yes. Yeah. So you guys were initially set up through a, a local company who was they actually had their own CMS. So they had built and designed their own CMS. And they were hosting it internally on their own servers. So what that meant was, if you didn't like the work they were doing, or you thought they were too expensive, or they just provided customer poor customer service, or whatever the case may be, and you wanted to go someplace else and have someone else manage your website, you really couldn't do it because all the all the the whole site was proprietary. So you couldn't 
update the website, right? Like you were, yes. you, were, you, were, you, were, you were stuck with whatever they had developed to that point in time. And, you know, my, my, you know, I would recommend that anyone who's starting, you know, needs a website is to, you know, go to a, a GoDaddy, go to... Yeah, we'll put links in the, um, yeah. in, the dis- in the show notes to this because we actually use two, Eric, I think right now too. We've tested two out. Like this is where the business owners, no matter how small you are, big you are, take control of that piece. You want to own that URL, I think, right? Right. You want to own the URL, which which you do even if you go through, through somebody else. I mean, sometimes they'll purchase it for you. But yeah, you want to own the URL. You want to go through something like, you know, a HostGator or a GoDaddy. And I really recommend that you have it built on a something that's not proprietary, and the most okay. common, yeah, WordPress, it, it, most common, most common, you know, uh, website people use is, is WordPress, and you can have somebody. There's plenty of developers out there, so you could give them your login to your hosting. Um, they can install WordPress. They can build your site, and it's yours. You know, when you're done, and all you're paying them for is any service or maintenance or any whatever agreement you have with them Got to it. work on it. And if you don't want to use them anymore. You know, you can get rid of them and you can find another WordPress developer so easily and they can jump right in and start working on it right away. No, I think that that's all great information. And this this topic is so deep that, you know, I think digging into something just like you said, website is so important. And the other areas that we won't dig into on this episode that we're that we are in other episodes or have already, you know, that's things like um, you've got database marketing, you've got social media marketing, like you said, you've got, you know, making sure you have a CRM, you know, SEO, you've got all these other things. Um, You know, as we wrap up here, what would be without going into detail on them, what would be like after you get a website started, then what do you think are the top three things to make sure you just start doing, start, start playing in or stepping in? I, I think the very first thing you do, I mean, it, it's exciting for some people like, hey, I want to start making all these videos or, you know, I want to just really get active on social media, which you can do. But I think the first thing that I would do um, if I did it all over again was after the website was built, was still start doing written content, start a blog, because most people are searching on the web. And the more pages that you have and the more content you have, you got to think of it as like a, your website also. I, I know I called it a hub, but it's also like think of it as like a, a fishing net. And so the the more content your your site has, the bigger it is. It's kind of like casting a larger net. And you cast a larger net, you have more opportunity to catch fish in that net. So you know it, it's 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 about the 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 site itself, but it's also about the content that you add to it. And you want to keep adding to it as much and as often as you can. And I think the easiest way, and the, one of the least expensive ways to do that is is by blogging. Again, I mean, nothing nothing's going to be free, or nothing's going to you know take no time at all to do. But if you have to do something after you get the website done, you know, start blogging, and then from there, once you get comfortable, you get a rhythm a rhythm in doing that. And maybe you have some VAs at this point, or maybe you just have an assistant that comes in a few times a week to to update the website and, and do things like that. You know, maybe you have a, a a kid. Most kids are techie these days. They could be thirteen or fourteen or fifteen years old, and probably you know probably right. help help you manage a WordPress website. You know, you just got to give them the content. But you could jump into maybe adding a video to go along with that blog, right? And mm-hmm. putting that on the on the page as well. I mean, you just start small. Just do one thing at a time. I think the biggest mistake is one of the biggest mistake mistakes is when people get in the market is they just want to do it all. They're like, I want to email market. I want to be on social media. 
you know, I want to write blogs, I want to do YouTube. I, you know, it's just, it can't be done. It, it can't be done. And if you're doing it, you're probably not doing it well because there's just too much to do. Absolutely too much to do. So start small, build up. And as you see, as you see leads coming in, hopefully, and you're getting more attraction and you're getting more business over time, hopefully that that's translating to dollars. And then you can start adding in some extra people, getting some extra help. And then you can start doing some of these other things and just turn your, you know, just turn yourself, you know, turn your whole business into just a, you know, a lead generation machine. But those leads are all going to come from, they're all going to be collected by your website. That's where it starts. You got to start with solid foundation. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you coming to the other side of the microphone and screen today <laughs> to share you. your it, knowledge. It's it's different. It's a much different <laughs> view from over here. That's right. If anyone would like to hear more from Eric or any of our team members that, you know, you just have questions. I think it's I think it's helpful. Um, we like asking our team members their input on how to make the business better and, you know, hence it's one of the main reasons we picked the collab. It's all about finding great people, collaborating together, and making your business better. And it's how you're going to do it. It's how we've done it. And um, and so we appreciate you jumping in here, Eric, and and talking to you know anyone who's listening and trying to grow their business and just find new ways and figure out what to focus on next because it's really hard as a business owner to get clarity around that. It is. It, it, it's tough. It's it's a long road. It's a journey. It's not going to happen overnight. So I guess you know. I, really, my biggest advice is if you start, you know, expect expect a long journey. I mean, you're you're in for for a long ride, but don't give up. I mean, you're not going to see results right away. Just keep pushing through. Keep producing content. You know. You know. Just just keep working on the website, improving it, and you'll see results. It'll happen. It just it just takes a little bit of perseverance. Is that what you're telling us too? Um, especially, especially you guys. Yeah, because once you see success, it's hard to have patience again, right? It is. It's tough. It's tough. Awesome. Well, for everyone who uh, joined us for this episode, we, we just wanted to thank you for tuning in. We can't tell you how much we appreciate um, everyone who checks out the podcast. If there is, if you would leave a review, if you like the content, if there's anything you would like to hear, any topics or questions, uh, you know, please, you can also email us at hello at thecolablife.com. And we are on all the social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, and we will be back next week with another great episode. And we have some awesome, awesome interviews coming up. So we'd love to hear your feedback. We'd appreciate the reviews. And we just appreciate you spending time with us. See you guys next week. Bye, guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us today, collaborators. If you found value or got some piece of information out of this, make sure to find us at thecolablife.com. You can also join our Facebook group and our Facebook page at The Collab. On YouTube, you can find us at The Collab. On Instagram, you can find us at The Collab Life. We also do a Facebook Live every Tuesday at 4 o'clock where you can get some more valuable information in our group. We also release our brand new episodes every single Tuesday morning. And if you have any questions or there's anything that we can do for you, any value that you would like to add to our business, we'd love to hear from you. And you can email us at hello at thecolablife.com. 